0: listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto.
1: Ramondre Stevenson, man. Talk about a guy who got you to the dance, but when you get to the dance, he couldn't come to them. He was averaging almost seven targets per game, and then all of a sudden in week 14, that dropped to three targets, three targets, five targets, four targets, and he had a total of 10 receiving yards over the last four weeks. Like, this yeah. is what he has, this is how his floor has remained so high all year, the receiving usage, and it literally disappeared over the last four weeks, and this is not something I was expecting at all for him. Uh, You know, also, Damian Harris severely cut into his workload in this game. Uh, It does seem like the workload, you know, throughout the whole season might have caught up to him a little bit. He did talk about that, like, that he is feeling it, you know, all the work, you know, throughout the season, but... He's also made some questionable mistakes the last two weeks, right, with the lateral two weeks right. ago to Jacoby Myers. Like, he could have just went down. Um, and then last week, he lost that fumble at the goal line to lose the game against Cleveland. So that wasn't good either, right? So uh, was it Cleveland it was Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati, was it? Cincinnati, right. That's right. Um, yeah, so not great. So he no. he just couldn't come through. I mean, he was awesome all year long. So, and he could probably got you to the playoffs, but hopefully he was able to, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully he was able to, you know, kind of sneak his way through to a championship if you had some other guys come through for you.
0: Yeah. No, nah, it's, I'm not worried about Rondra Stevenson. I think long-term, and you know, I think next season he's going to be just fine in the with the Patriots. Um, I don't think he's falling out of favor with Bill Belichick or anything. Uh, Damian Harris did come back. Yeah, obviously it doesn't help when you fumble the game away, you know, and you have questionable mistakes like that. But I don't think this is like any form of punishment, you know. The Patriots were playing pretty comfortably against Miami, especially once Teddy Bridgewater went out. But um, I, I think that this is just you know one of the less inspiring uh, storylines at the end of the fantasy season because over the, between weeks five and eleven, you know, he had let's see, one, two, three, four. Okay. Between week five and 12, five top 10 performances since week 13, he has one. And then the rest are lower than RB 40, except for one where he finishes RB 18 against Buffalo. So it's like, this was a terrible fall off. I don't think you saw this coming. I didn't see this coming, you know? So why this happened? You can't really be sure, but it looks like it's, it's just tough. You know, this is one of the things you can't really project. Um, That's just the way it it fell for Ramondre Stevenson. And like I said, I'm not worried about him next season. Are you worried about next, next season?
1: Um, am I worried about him? There's definitely questions in terms of what kind of workload he's going to get, right? right? Are they going to bring in somebody who is a better pass catcher, right? Like, will they have somebody to compliment him on later downs? Um, if Ty Montgomery never got hurt early in the season, would he even have gotten this role? Would he even have gotten the opportunity to take over that role? Um, not to say that he's not a better pass catcher than Ty Montgomery. That's not the point, right? The point is that you know, would he even have gotten the opportunity? So I think there's some questions. Um, I'm, is Damien Harris even? I think he's a. Is Damien Harris a free I agent? I think he's a free agent. Yeah.
0: Well, let, me, let, me, let me just confirm. If he was a 2019 pick. He should be a free agent. Which yeah, he's he he's
1: set to be a free agent. Yeah. So
0: you know, there is
1: a path for Romandre to get the similar role than he got than he got this year. Um, you know, Bill Belichick showed no hesitation to give him ninety percent of snaps in a bunch of games this week, this year, and that never happens. Yeah, you know, with a Bill Belichick running back, so he obviously likes Stevenson, but you know, he couldn't come through when it mattered most. You know, I'm just as we're talking about it, I'm thinking about the trades that I made in our league. Yeah, okay, and I traded some studs away. You know, obviously, I want studs in turn also, yep. but the studs that I traded away was Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard. Chris Olave, Juju. All right, Juju might not be a stud.
0: But Three of four of them, I'd say, are not studs. Studs. When I think stud, I think like Stefan Diggs. I mean, before the season, you would have said Mike Evans, but you know, even Chris Godwin, I'd say, is a stud. Juju, not so much. Well,
1: when I traded them, they yeah,
0: were I stud. guess they were on a hot streak. Yeah, you could say that.
1: Chris Olave, when I traded him, was probably at his peak, and he was a high. We were, we were he was being ranked as a high and wide receiver too at that time. Right. But my point of me bringing that up is that I got really lucky in terms of Ramondre shit in the bed championship week. Yeah. Tony Pollard, not even playing championship week. Juju shit in the bed championship week. And Chris Olave also, you know, obviously he fizzled out a, a, a big time, right? On yep. that offense. So, you know, sometimes at the end of the day, you just got to get lucky, you know? And, a lot of studs didn't come through this week, right? So you could have the best team on paper, but, like, if they don't come through, you know, you can't, you have no control over that. You never know what's going to happen. So whether you win or lose, there's going to be some sort of luck involved, right? Like, this week, you know, my opponent had a couple guys who just didn't do well, right? He had Juju in, in, in his lineup. He had, you know, a couple other guys who didn't come through, and, you know, guys I was afraid of. Like, he had DK Metcalf going up against the Jets. So, you know, a lot of things can happen, you know, that, you know, you're looking at a really good team, but you're like, man, like my guys didn't come through, right? Yeah. So one guy that did come through for me this week, though was Travis Etienne, right? right. Uh, once the Jaguars were up, though, that was it for him. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> only, 30, only 38% of snaps. He, he did he his still work. Gave you what, he did his work. He still gave you what you need, right? Like 140 yards and only 12 touches. Um, You know, he had that long touchdown, but he could have had like a 35-point game. <laughs> right, if, if yeah. he was, if this game was competitive at all,
0: yeah, this was interesting for me because the Texans took a bunch of teams down the wire. They went on a streak of taking the Cowboys down the wire in a game they should have won, going against the Chiefs and having a shot against them. It was down to the wire, then beating the Titans outright. I was expecting this to be close, at least yeah. relatively close, um, just because it's a divisional matchup. You know, obviously the Jaguars didn't need this, but it was just a shellacking. <laughs> we we thought this would be a good day for Travis Etienne. And by any rate, it was. Absolutely could have been bigger against this defense. Um, Snoop Connor had that one touchdown. You know, good for him. But if that would have gone to Travis Etienne, you know, that might have made the difference in some people's leagues. But uh, it absolutely could have and should have been a bigger game um, for Travis Etienne. It's just it wasn't close at all. So I was a bit disappointed, even though it's probably difficult to be disappointed in the Texans because they're they're pretty low right now. I was a bit disappointed by the performance they put up because they didn't even hang. With the Jaguars at all, one thing I did note though, Travis Etienne obviously doing very well, is that the Jaguars look really, really good. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they're leaving no doubt at this point in these games that they played these last few weeks. They, the way the Titans are playing, the way the Jags are playing, they should be cruising. You know, through a divisional championship at this point.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's funny because like a lot of their guys didn't come through. Like the Jaguars' pass catchers,
0: Evan Ingram, you know, nothing. including
1: Evan Ingram, which is which I was kind of surprised about. Like. Maybe if this was a more competitive game, they could have got it done, but we knew that Zay Jones and Christian Kirk had tough matchups, so we were off of them this week. Yeah. Um, but I thought Evan Ingram was going to come through because of it, because Houston hasn't been great against tight ends. So I thought he was going to be the target funnel in this game, but they didn't really need to pass it a whole lot. And, you know, also on top of that, like, they pulled Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. Like, so he wasn't in the game for a big chunk of it. That That definitely affected that as well. So it kind of sucks that, you know, the Jaguars didn't have a whole lot of reason to keep their starters in once they were up, but, you know, it is what it is. Evan Ingram, he was having a huge year, uh, you know, especially at the end of the year, and then he yep. couldn't come through when it mattered most. Let me ask you about Travis Etienne. Is it, he's is he somebody that you're going to be targeting next season?
0: I, I think you have to at this point because now, I mean, there's no question. Like Coming in this season, we're like, how is James Robinson going to factor into this? You know, obviously he's not on the team anymore. I don't think they're going to draft anybody. It's going to be, you know, enough worth consideration that we have to think twice about Travis Etienne. I'm not taking Travis Etienne as like a high-end RB1. Right. But I'd take him as an RB1. I could see him sneaking into the first round, you know, especially the way this offense has looked. If they continue to look good in the playoffs, which I think they're going to make, and if they add more weapons, you know, in the draft or something like that, or they get better on the offense, which I'm assuming is going to happen. Doug Peterson has him playing very well. I think Travis Etienne, we're looking at a back end first round selection for Travis Etienne. He has a really nice upside. Um, he just needs to see more touches. Obviously, the only thing I was concerning this year was the workload. It wasn't always there. I want to see that he can get that and maintain that over, you know, a longer span than he did this season. But I think regardless, you know, if you're shooting for upside, if you if you're going to be drafting for upside, which you always are, especially in the first round, Travis is gonna be an attractive pick.
1: He um, you know, I, I have two concerns with Etienne. The first one is that he's not extremely involved in the pass game. Actually, that is the only concern that I have with him. He wasn't extremely right. involved in the pass game. That was like, you know, three targets a game. He does catch them, right? But like yep. wasn't overly involved in this offense. So that's a little bit concerning. Do um, you think that can change?
0: Like, I feel like it can.
1: It can, but we have no evidence that it will. That's fair. Right? Yeah, and I, that I that would be true. my concern. I, I don't think there's one thing that you can point to that yeah. would – lead me to believe that he'll get more targets next year can it happen sure but we just won't know why you know what i'm saying yeah
0: um i guess with trevor lawrence it is a downfield attacking offense we had a huge sample
1: this year with each man playing 90 percent of snaps so if you're on the field for every passing down you're running a route on almost every passing play you would that is enough for me to say like okay you should get targets and he got less than
0: expected so
1: not ideal um
0: that but though you, you do say that you know if he is on the field and running those routes there's definitely room for improvement and you can't ever rule that out completely. So if you're taking an optimistic view with it, you know, yeah, his catches could go up. His targets could go up. It, just, it, it can. Yeah,
1: it can. Yeah. My, my concern is like within a large sample size of you running as many routes as you are, if you're not getting targeted, it's a little concerning for me. Now I love ETN because he is an electric playmaker, right? Yeah. Like you the see open him field, on that touchdown? over. Yeah. He knew like exactly was I, I feel like as soon as he touched the ball, as soon as he got the handoff, he knew because he he hit that hole, boom, out. Yeah. Um, he's an explosive playmaker. And that's and and on top of that, being on a probably improved offense next year, yeah. Uh, I think he could be an RB1 pretty easily. I would assume that he's not gonna go in the first round. If I had to guess right now, I would think he's a mid to late second round pick, which I would be ecstatic about that price. I, I have yeah. a feeling that's where his ADP will end up. Um but yeah, no, I think I think that there is room for him to be a high upside RB1. Uh if his pass catching goes up a little bit, and if uh this offense takes a step forward, I wouldn't be surprised if he's top five next year. If he finishes right. top five.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't ha- be either.
1: He has that upside. Yeah. We've been um, saying that all season. Zach, I made another last minute lineup change in Ooh. our league yesterday. Yeah. Um, I picked up Jamal Williams on waivers because my opponent this week dropped him early on in the week maybe because of the possibility of the knee injury right but also because jamal hasn't really been doing his thing lately right his last big game was in week 11 uh but he was off the injury report this week they were playing the bears so i picked him up just in case right see if i could want to make a last minute decision uh so i had the option to throw him in my flex o- over hollywood brown and yep. this is a ppr league right so it took some cojones for me uh but and i'm not even lying Okay, number one, I saw him dancing pregame. Okay, the NFL account <laughs> on Twitter, they yeah. put out a video of Jamal dancing pregame, and I'm just like, "Yo, this guy looks so relaxed <laughs> right now." Like, I just feel like he's gonna have like a good game. I'm not even joking. Okay, sometimes
0: this is what this it comes is, down to for fences. This football. is
1: my this is my process of like how to figure out what what the tiebreaker is gonna be between two guys. Okay. His vibe just captivated me. Okay, and you know you, you already know Jamal Williams one of my favorite players in the NFL, right? Yeah. So, and then number two, Justin Jackson was inactive. So I'm like, okay, I thought I needed upside because the team I was going up against, like like Richard's team, is a good team, right? So like, yeah. I'm like, all right, you know what, Hollywood Brown, how much upside does he really have with Colt McCoy? Uh, I'm sorry, not even with Colt McCoy,
0: with David Blau. Hmm. David, David, David Bluff th- is that his name? Like, I don't even know how you pronounce it. David name. Blau. He's he's David, played like on a bunch of different teams, started a couple different times. I've never I haven't figured out how to say his last name. David
1: Bling Blau, Bling Blau. Is David his name. Bling Bling Blau. Yeah, okay. Bling Bling Blau. And um, <laughs> so Justin Jackson was inactive. Um, so I thought I needed some upside, and last minute I pulled Hollywood out of my flex and I put Jamal in. Twenty two carries for one hundred forty four yards and a touchdown. That might have been the move that won me my championship. Because it, it could if I didn't be. do that, if I didn't do that, going into tonight. It would have been 50-50.
0: You'd be down one point. I think so. And it would come down to Joe Burrow just outright outscoring Joe Mixon, which, which still obviously I like those I odds would group. have I would
1: have the upper hand there, I think. Yeah. But you never know, right? Joe Mixon could score two touchdowns and You'd be outscore sweating a lot more
0: than you are right I now. I would be
1: sweating 100%. 100%. <laughs> and, 100%. It's,
0: it's funny too because Jamal Williams had that type of game and DeAndre Swift got it done too. You know, know, just hilarious. I couldn't believe that. Just I mean, okay, maybe I could have believed it. But, you know, you talk about the way he scored those points, which you can get into. Um, it is pretty insane as far as, you know, logistically, how much he was on the field and the amount of points he put up.
1: We talked about, you know, how good Travis Etienne looks when he gets the ball. Yeah. No one looks as good with the ball in their hands more than DeAndre Swift. Like, no. he looks so good. Like, when he gets the ball in his hands, like he's like butter out there, dude. Like, yeah. the game just seems so easy for him. Um, he scored 27 PPR fantasy points on only 35% of snaps. He's like the ridiculous. only running back in the league where that's possible. And I, and I checked, by the way. Only Jerry McKinnon is above him in fantasy points per touch this season.
0: Right. Like, and this is why it makes me so upset to see them using the way that they do. <laughs> obviously, he produced despite the workload that he had this week. But he just looks so good with the ball in his hands. I can't believe they don't use him more than they do. DeAndre Swift deserves a higher workload. And obviously, Jamal Williams is good. Yes, he had 22 carries. Jamal Williams is worthy of that workload, but DeAndre Swift, you just have to get him the ball more like what? And obviously he was inactive in this game. Justin Jackson should be an afterthought when you have these two guys in the backfield. Like why are you giving Justin Jackson touches at this point? Obviously it didn't happen this game. DeAndre Swift came through for you in your championship if you needed it, but you know, just the way that he produced, like you said, he hardly played and he did this good. Could you imagine if he got like 70% of snaps, (laughs) like (laughs) what would we be looking at in fantasy football? This would be a monster of a running back, you know. I think even better, like rivaling Austin Eckler, rivaling Christian McCaffrey at this point. One hundred percent, stays healthy. Like DeAndre Swift is just ridiculous, and I put it in the graphic here. He's smooth like butter, like you said. Yeah,
1: he really is, man. You know, and it's one of those. Th- now he's going to be one of the biggest conundrums in drafts next year.
0: Oh yeah, you want right? to talk it's about like, upside? Even talk about a floor? I think that's going to be a really big discussion.
1: Like, it's like, what do you do, right? It's almost impossible to to uh, to figure out what they're going to do with Swift because you could chalk it up to injury this year, but he's been he's been fine. He hasn't been on the injury report, yeah. You know, and and it's it's tough, man. Like, it's tough to figure out because no matter who is on the field, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not like if Jamal Williams is off, you know, hurt or something like that, you're like, oh, okay. DeAndre Swift's going to get all the work. Like, okay, you you don't know that, <laughs> right? No. Um, also, it's worth noting that Jamal Williams is going to be a free agent. He's set to be a free agent this this offseason. So yep. DeAndre Swift, you know, we'll see. It, it really depends on what the that running back room looks like going yep. into next year. You know, there's
0: going to be there's, so much at play for DeAndre Swift. Like you said, it's not just injuries, it's the way he was used. Jamal Williams may or may not be there. To the people around him, you know. We've seen the production with very minimal snaps. We've seen him go up in snaps and not perform as well. Like, this is a true ceiling floor pick. I don't know. Like, I feel like DeAndre Swift at this point going into the next season is a guy I'm only taking if he drops far enough. You know, like, I don't know how much I trust. It's a risk, man. Yeah. It's a risk. I I want to trust him because I'm a big DeAndre Swift guy. You know, I was pretty much this whole season. But I I don't know if I could justify him, even in the second round. I feel like that's a big risk. And it could pay off, but it could also come back to bite you.
1: Yeah. I don't think he's going in the second. after this year, I I don't see it. I think Uh, he was
0: going in the second, I think just this past season oh
1: yeah yeah this season i feel like it, it, going into the season i think it was well very justified it was more yeah because of how he was used the week be- the year before um but yeah and it's funny because at the end of the day like it wasn't injuries at the end of the year that limited him or maybe it right. was that we don't know of. i don't know we still don't know
0: but anyway, yeah I, So I don't he understand was... how he would only get like six carries a game like he was getting but you know
1: so, he was number two in fantasy points per touch this year. Number one was Jarek McKinnon. Okay. Yeah. And McKinnon was literally, was he the best late season waiver where I pick up?
0: Yeah. By Miles. Right? <laughs> I don't pretty think it's a question at this point. Like,
1: my guy had seven touches in this game, <laughs> but scored yeah. two touchdowns through the air. And by the way, since week 14, he's the overall RB1 yep. in PPR.
0: And that's all pretty much via passing. You know, catching passes. Like, that's it. You know, Jerick McKinnon, this is a guy that wasn't on rosters, like you said, like week 12. Like, nobody really had him. You were starting him maybe, you know, just in a bad spot. But since then, he's a touchdown machine. You know, I don't know what the heck happened. Patrick Mahomes just suddenly dialing into him. But, you know, it was another close game against the Broncos. So, they had to keep their foot on the pedal. And that was good news for Jerick McKinnon. But it doesn't look like it matters whether Jerkin King gets 10 targets and eight catches or three targets and two catches. Like he's liable to score a touchdown pretty much every time he's scoring a ton of points on not a whole lot of work. You know, you look at it, he had what was it? Seven touches mm-hmm. on eight. Yeah. Two touchdowns on that. He's a touchdown machine. He is the waiver wire pickup, obviously of the season. I think at this point, I mean, I, you could maybe make a case for a guy like Kenneth Walker, but like in the circumstances that you're probably going into, you know, especially with the, Fancy playoffs to start a week 14 or 15 right like right. this is a guy that has been doing it for you ever since you picked him up and hopefully you got your hands on him when you picked him up you probably didn't feel like it was a big steal I mean unless you got him after that 30 point the first 30 of uh, two 30 point performances I picked him up before that it didn't really feel like much of a steal but um right. he, he's been getting it done it looks great like I'm not sure how much we can trust him next season but he's doing his thing this season that's all that matters
1: I can't wait to see who the Chiefs draft at running back this year yeah, that's going to be exciting to see, uh, and he's going to be
0: overdrafted, of course. Is there um, anybody that you're eyeing up that you think would be an ideal fit, maybe coming out of this? Not draft? yet,
1: not yet, because I haven't really gone in yet on, on these that's fair. On, on these running backs just yet. But I cannot wait to do that. That's like my favorite thing to do. I yeah. love looking at these prospects and then you know sizing them up and figuring out where they fit and like what their skill set is. And honestly, man, the last two years I think I've done a pretty good job in terms of valuating these guys. Like a lot, of the, a lot of the running back sleepers who I, you know, kind of picked out, like a lot of them have been coming through, man. And when they get opportunity, they've been doing their thing. So I'm think, looking forward to doing it again.
0: I think one of those guys is Tyler Algier, right? I it think was. you had him as a sleeper. So there you go. You can hit on that one because he had another good week this week.
1: Hell yeah, man. Um, now we have a two two week sample size of him being the lead back for the Falcons, right? 20 for 83 in this game and a touchdown. I want to know what his price is gonna be like next year. Like I'm really curious of where he's gonna land. Like, I would think it's gonna be in the middle rounds. Um, yep. but we'll see. I don't know. Uh, Cordell Patterson, like most likely will be back next year. Um, I was looking at his salary, 3.75 million a dead cap if they cut him. But his salary is only four point two five, so I don't think it would really make much sense to cut him, in my opinion. But um, right. yeah, Algier was one of my sleeper running backs in this class. Um, one of the reasons why I like them is because last year, you know, high highest yards after contact per attempt, and guess what? Among all running backs, rookie running backs this year, Algier has the highest yards after contact per attempt among all these this year's rookie running backs, including Kenneth Walker, including you know actually so Brees Hall, if he had a hundred. Rushing attempts, maybe he would have eclipsed yeah. that. But um Don't he only had about I think, Brees
0: Hall. Yeah, know. 70, <laughs> yeah. 70
1: rushing attempts. You know, it's, you know what kind of sucks though? With with the Brees Hall situation? I'm honestly gonna be avoiding him next year.
0: Do you think Donovan has because... carved out a role?
1: No, you know, no, 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 It's it's all because of the ACL.
0: Oh, okay. It's all because yeah.
1: of the ACL. The year after ACL injuries, I just learned to just
0: avoid these
1: running backs. as much as I love Brees Hall, dude.
0: You yeah, know, especially as guy on your team too. You know, what I'm yeah. Saying?
1: I mean, we, we we've seen this story before with a lot of good running backs the year after ACL. It's just like I'm Saquon. just avoiding,
0: yeah. Saquon, mm-hmm.
1: J.K. Dobbins. You know, it's it's just you know we were avoiding J.K. Dobbins this year for a reason, and you know there was multiple reasons for that. Yeah. Uh, besides the ACL with J.K. Dobbins, but even with Saquon, I was high on Saquon the year after his ACL because I just thought he was a freak. Yeah. But if someone like Saquon isn't going to be able to do it. I just feel like the only person who was ever able to do it was was uh uh Adrian Peterson, right? And yeah, that's like a sample size of one the year after having a monster year. So yeah, I think Brees is gonna end up being drafted high. I think unfortunately, I think I'm gonna avoid four yeah. redraft,
0: obviously. And to go back, obviously we're talking about Brees Hall. I'll get back to that. But Tyler Alger kind of just hitting on him real quick. Mm-hmm. Um I think he's like you said, he'll be the later round running back. I think he's gonna be a dead zone running back. And he's kinda going to remind me. I can see not Obviously not the situation of J.K. Dobbins. is not he's coming off an injury at this point, but I could see him being valued the same way. You know, kind of like a mid-low RB RB2 with upside. You know, maybe he's good, maybe he's not. But if Cordero Patterson's still there, I'm not super excited about his upside. So I, I think he's going to fall in the dead zone, and you might be able to get away with taking him. He might be a value. Um, obviously, we'll see how the offense looks going into next season. Um, the offensive line did get better in Atlanta. But with Brees Hall, yeah. It sucks because I actually forgot about Brees Hall until you just mentioned him. Um, I'm not (laughs) sure if I'm going to be targeting him either. He's not going to be like, you know, like I have a pinpoint on him. Like, I want to pick up Brees Hall. You know, that's the way he's going to be. We saw J.K. Dobbins. He was supposed to be ready, I think, for the beginning of the season. And then his recovery didn't go as good as it could have been. You know, he ended up coming back really late. We got to see even if Brees Hall does make a full recovery. You know, there's a chance that he might not be ready for the first couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. So there's all that risk baked into it. That's going to cause his price to drop um, at the right price. He might end up being a value, but do you think his ceiling is like relatively low? It's he's not going to be close to what he was doing this season. I would say so. I, I I think, I don't know if it's relatively
1: low, but I would say that it's not as high as, as what his ceiling could be. You know, yeah. Um. I, I don't think he has top five upside, you know, and if I'm going to be drafting a running back in like the top, Two or three rounds, like I want them to have top five upside. All
0: right, so you if don't now, think I'm taking he, a wide receiver. Yeah, so you don't think he has top five, you know, season long upside, but like a weekly. Not, not next year, I don't. Okay, do you think he would yeah, have weekly? Top of five. course, of I course, guess. You Italy, could, I guess you could yeah. say that. for anybody. I
1: mean, uh, jerk McKinnon, <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> is hitting like top five, like every case league, in point. Yeah, you I, know? I
1: um, but yeah, no, it's it's if if Brees Hall, like just seeing what he did in this limited sample size this year and what kind of prospect he was, if you didn't have an ACL injury, he would be a mid-first-round pick for me in fantasy if he didn't tear his ACL.
0: I think so. 2400 Sports is an odyssey company.